Listener Production. Hello, and you are very welcome to another episode of Huh? Science Explained with me, Ellen Fidian, a science journalist with Cosmos magazine. Each week, twice a week, we answer life's questions, big or small. And today, we are slopping on some science and checking out sunscreen. How on earth do you stop an invisible energy ray from causing you damage that you'll only notice hours or even years later? It sounds like science fiction, but that's the job that sunscreen does for us every time we put it on. It's a crucial, although not always fun, part of anyone's summer look. You may not have thought of it before, but sunscreens are actually medicines. They're preventing us from getting sick, both from embarrassing or painful burns, and from much worse things like skin cancer. And they're tested and regulated just like medicinal drugs, vaccines, and other pharmaceuticals. And, just like other medicines, a lot of scientific research goes into that bottle. Every different brand and mixture we buy represents years of mixing, testing, and retesting by dozens of experts. So, what's in sunscreen? Why is it there? And what does SPF 50 plus actually mean? First, a simple question. Why does sunscreen work? Sunscreen has one main job, protect you from ultraviolet or UV rays. These are invisible, high-energy rays of light that come from the sun. UV can damage your cells, that's what causes the burning, and damage your DNA, that's what eventually causes skin cancer. Sunscreen is filled with chemicals that either absorb or reflect UV light and prevent it from getting any further. What are these chemicals? You can think of sunscreens as having two main types of ingredient. There are active ingredients, which block out UV light, and excipients, which give the sunscreen all its other features, like consistency, water resistance, scent, and more. In Australia, both types of ingredient need to be approved by the Therapeutic Goods Administration, or the TGA. The TGA has a list of those substances that can be put into sunscreen. Each active ingredient has demonstrated that it can block out UV light, and all active ingredients and excipients have been shown to be safe to spread on skin. Any product that calls itself an SPF 15 or higher sunscreen has to contain at least one of these active ingredients in the right concentration, and it can't have any ingredients not on these lists. But the lists are both pretty long, and they give manufacturers plenty of flexibility to design different types of sunblock. Manufacturers can pick active ingredients for loads of different reasons. They can add compounds that make active ingredients more effective, tune ingredients for skin sensitivity or for water resistance, play around with solvents to make the sunscreen more solid or liquid, and of course, add all kinds of summer-style scents into the mix. So, all the ingredients have been approved, but are any ingredients better? There's a lot of marketing online around different active ingredients in sunscreen. You may have heard about the distinction between mineral sunscreens and chemical sunscreens, for example. Chemical sunscreens have what chemists refer to as organic molecules as active ingredients. This doesn't mean organic in the fancy supermarket sense, but rather they're molecules that have carbon and hydrogen. Homosalate and octocrylene are common active ingredients in this group. Mineral sunscreens have what chemists would call inorganic active ingredients. Things like zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which you can come across in rocks and minerals. In general, Mineral active ingredients reflect UV light away, while the chemical active ingredients absorb the UV and then turn it into heat. 
Melanin, the pigment that makes your skin darker, works in the same way as the chemical ingredients in sunscreen. It absorbs the UV, then turns it into harmless heat. All of these ingredients do an equally good job of stopping UV rays. Neither type is more or less natural, but different ingredients can provoke skin irritation and allergy in some people, so it's important to have a range of options to choose from. There's also evidence that some active ingredients are dangerous for coral reefs. If you're lucky enough to be floating around on one, non-nano or micro titanium dioxide and zinc oxide are believed to be reef-safe substances. The science on this is changing all the time though, so keep an eye out. Why is sunscreen sticky? Once they're happy with their active ingredients, manufacturers spend a lot of time tweaking the other ingredients to make sunscreen nicer to put on. After all, fewer people are going to use it if it's gross. Unfortunately, there are some pretty tight limitations here. First up, the skin feel. Sunscreens are emulsions, combinations of oily things and watery things. They can either be oil mixed into water or water mixed into oil. Oil in water sunscreens feel nicer on the skin. They're lighter and smoother. Your SPF 15 moisturizer is almost definitely an oil in water type. But these sunscreen mixtures, pretty much by definition, aren't water resistant. If you've got substances that are designed to mix with water, they're going to mix with water when you go swimming. So instead, water-resistant sunscreens are the less elegant water-in-oil type. They usually have a few more oily substances added to make it harder for the sunscreen to wash off in water. Better sun protection, but it doesn't feel as nice to put on. These oils and active ingredients pretty much inevitably carry that oily, sunscreen-ish smell. To mask it, some manufacturers add fragrances. But adding a fragrance can provoke some people's allergies, and it can also mess with your sunscreen mixture and make it less durable or less effective at blocking UV. This is why sunscreen designed for young children is often the smelliest, stickiest type. In order to be hypoallergenic, it can't have any fragrances, and it's got to be super water-resistant. This is sort of ironic, because children are often the least likely to want sunscreen on. When I pointed this out to the scientific manager at a sunscreen making company, he explained that really they're not as worried about skin feel or smell for kids' sunscreens, because the parents are choosing and they're going to put it on the kid whether the kid likes it or not. So you're not imagining things. Sunscreen was definitely grosser when you were a child. If you've got a kid in your life who dodges sunscreen at every opportunity and doesn't have a lot of allergies, maybe try a mixture designed for grown-ups with them. Once a manufacturer's got a formula they like, how is it tested? Sunscreen has to pass a bunch of different tests to prove it works. Bottles have to sit for six months at different temperatures and humidities to show they're still stable, and it's also got to pass a range of petri dish tests to prove it can block light. But the biggest testing is on people. Every single new sunscreen formula has to be tested on volunteers, who then get tiny dots of UV light shone onto their skin at different intensities. SPF, which stands for Sun Protection Factor, is calculated by dividing the amount of UV it takes to redden protected skin by the amount of UV it takes to redden unprotected skin. So if you're outside, getting a consistent dose of UV from the sun, wearing an SPF 30 sunscreen means you'll need at least 30 times more UV to get sunburnt. I once went for a walk along a clifftop. I covered my face and arms with SPF 30, but forgot to do my legs. 
Within an hour, the backs of my knees were bright red, but the rest of me was fine. Because it took an hour to burn my knees, that means that theoretically it should have taken 30 hours on that cliff to get the same reddening on my arms, which I had remembered to protect. Of course, if I'd actually been out in the sunlight for 30 hours, I would have reapplied sunscreen more often than that, because you sweat it off over the course of the day. Two PSAs. One, never forget the backs of your knees. It was one of the most painful sunburns I've ever had. Two, sunscreen shouldn't be your only protection. Hats, shades, and sunnies all do important work too. Next time you're slopping on sunscreen, spare a thought for the chemist you probably stayed up late trying to make it spread more smoothly. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the science briefing, also available here on the Listener app, and head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Huh? Science Explained.